Well, hello again, and uh, thank you for taking time to be able to join me today for our midweek Bible study. Uh, today we're going to look at the Gospel of Mark, continuing on with chapter 1. If you were with us last week, we talked about the first uh, few verses in the chapter, kind of worked our way through the main sections. There's about four of them, and from there moved on to uh, kind of concluding off with where Jesus was preaching with the people and sharing some good news in the temple and, of course, doing some more miracles. Today in our text, we're going to see uh, Jesus continue on being able to do some of those exact same miracles. Uh, remember, that's how Mark works very quickly, very uh, succinctly. He is uh, very detail-oriented but shares things uh, also in a very, very quick manner. Uh, even though the details there exist for us, uh, he does so in a very short manner. It isn't these details that are really drawn out. He really gets to things. Uh, you'll see that phrase almost over and over again, uh, basically weekly, in which Mark says, Jesus did this at once, or he went there at once. He always has these great uh, phrases that he uses over and over again. Uh, also, adjectives like the word amazed, that the people were always amazed by what Jesus did. And hopefully that's exactly what you get out of our text today, too. Uh, thousands of years later, still being amazed by the work that our God does not only then, but with us today. And I hope at the conclusion of our text, you will really uh, receive that today. Not just looking back on these great words that we have that people were able to live in and be a part of millennia before, but what we are a part of today as Christians within this world. So let's kick off uh, looking at uh, Mark chapter 1, again beginning at verse 29 today. Uh, remember, Jesus has just healed some people within uh, the temple. He's done this amazing teaching and the people say, who is this? Uh, this man who speaks not as the Pharisees, but as one who has authority. And so Jesus' popularity begins to grow from there. Here it is, verse 29. Uh, Jesus heals many. As soon as they left the synagogue, there's that phrase again, not uh, following through uh, on a slow manner. Uh, again with Mark, always quick. As soon, as soon as they left the synagogue, they went out with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her. So he left and went with her and uh, took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons but he would not let the demon speak because they knew who he was. All right, so almost immediately after uh, this teaching at the synagogue, he goes right to this house of Peter and he heals uh, his mother-in-law. Uh, what I really love in this scripture passage is actually the not only healing that Jesus provides, but the response of Peter's mother-in-law. It says specifically again, uh, so Jesus went up to her, he took her hand, he helped her up, the fever left her, and she began to wait on them. Uh, she could have ran to her friend's house and said, uh, look, I'm healed. Uh, she could have gone out into the town to be able to maybe do some chores that she needed to do that she didn't get done because uh, she was sickly for so long. But instead, she begins to serve Jesus. What do you do 
when you know you have received the healing power of Christ. And this isn't just when we are physically ill, uh, it's at all times. What do you do knowing that God has given you healing through Jesus? Do we go off and uh, tell people about that as we should? But more importantly, do we get up and really take time to be able to, to serve Christ, to be able to serve our Lord? Because today, as a group of people who are Christians, followers of Christ, we really are called and given that task to be able to serve him with all that we do. Uh, the elements of service that we provide aren't uh, something that we do to get personal accolades or to be able to boost our spirit, but it really is in response to the healing and the ultimate uh, forgiveness that Jesus has won for us on the cross. So think about that today. Is Jesus who comes and he physically offers his hand unto us. He picks us up and gives us that healing. Do we respond in being able to wait upon him? Sunset comes and the people bring all of their sick and the demon possessed to Jesus. They're starting to hear more and more about what he is doing. Uh, there's a key element there that they wait till sunset. They do this for a very specific purpose. They're waiting so they uh, can do no more uh, efforts of work during the day. But after sunset, the Sabbath is now over. And so the people are free to actually do things uh, like carry someone to Jesus to be able to do this work. So that's why they wait until that sunset time. He's obviously very uh, uh, just popular during this time. We hear over and over again, again, Mark using these terms of the whole town is gathering, all these people are coming. And it says that Jesus heals these various diseases, but he also drives out demons. And there seems to be quite a few in the plural there. And in doing so, he makes them uh, silent. And we see this a couple times within scripture. He doesn't want the demons sharing with the people who he is. So why is this? There could be a couple different reasons. Uh, in particular, maybe Jesus doesn't want uh, the demons being able to share with the people around him who he is. He wants to be able to do so himself. Uh, Jesus wants to be known also for his teachings. He doesn't want to be known just to be this miracle worker. And we'll see this a little bit again here in our text when something very similar happens. But he really doesn't want, uh, you know, this de demon-possessed uh, individual, these spirits, being able to come out and say, you know, this is who this individual is, because he doesn't want to be teamed up, if you will, with these people. He doesn't want these negative uh, spokespeople saying even positive things about him, because the people would begin to ask, why do these demons know who he is? You know, are they connected? in some way. And so he uses his power here to be able to, to silence them because they know who he is. After this, we move into kind of a different chapter. Another one that I think is a really good example for us. Number one, in that first area, uh, remember, once we know that we as Christians have that healing power of Christ, that he has forgiven us, do we wait on him? Do we serve him? The next one has to deal with prayer. Uh, verse 35 from chapter one. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages 
so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. I love the example that Jesus himself gives to us in that first verse. It says very early in the morning, uh, the sun is probably just peaking. Maybe it is even over the horizon at this point. He goes out to be able to pray. Uh, Jesus already at this point in his ministry has to be getting uh, tired. He has to be getting worn out, but he knows what is most important. His connection with the Father uh, and the mission that he has been given. And so he gets up and he takes his time to be able to pray, to be able to go to God, make sure this is the first thing that he does and spend this time with him. And I think this is actually probably the, the second biggest key that we receive in our study for today. Are we taking time every single day to be able to go to God and to be able to spend time with him in devotion and prayer? Obviously, if you're watching this study today, you're taking time to be able to do so. Uh, and I really appreciate Christ's um, take on this as he is doing this first thing in the morning. Just today, I was talking with my wife about an article that I saw that said the first seven minutes of your day actually dictate the rest of the day's attitude that you will have. In the first seven minutes of your day, if you feel rushed, if you feel anxious, if you feel busy, that's probably how the rest of your day is going to go. Uh, if the first seven minutes of your day are filled with catastrophe and sadness, that's going to stick with you for the rest of the day. But if the first seven minutes of your day are filled with uh, prayer and are filled with uh, joyous occasions of going to God, even if they're filled with times of remorse and going to the Lord, that's going to set the tone for the rest of our day of being able to stay united with him. And this isn't uh, somebody telling you this as a pastor or as a Christian counselor. This is uh, words that are taken uh, from people within the world that say, you know, this is just for everybody. Whatever the beginning of your day looks like, this is what's going to follow. And so isn't this a good example for us, again, of being involved in that word and being involved in that prayer during the very beginning of our day? Uh, it's interesting. Jesus is off in this solitary place, so he's off alone, which I think is fantastic. But the disciples come and they seek him out. They find him. This is in such contrast to when we see Jesus praying in the garden later in his ministry. Uh, some scripture texts that we'll go over as we enter this season of Lent together in just about a week from now. We'll look at this time of being able to see you know, the disciples come to him in the garden in a very different way. In fact, uh, they don't really come to him at all. Jesus tells the disciples later on in his ministry to be able to sit and to be able to wait, to be able to pray with him, to be able to watch guard, and he leaves to go off to pray. He comes back to find them, and they're sleeping, and they do this on multiple occasions. It's almost like later on in their ministry, they've gotten used to who Jesus is. They're kind of riding this thing out. Things are going good. The miracles are, are happening, and it's like they've almost taken Jesus for granted. Again, in contrast to the very beginning of Jesus' ministry here today, the disciples are seeking Jesus out. Jesus, let's go. Uh, let's go heal more. Let's go do more. Let's get this ministry going and, and keep it running. And so I ask you and myself again today, uh, are there times as Christians that we may, maybe become uh, stagnant? 
or we wait and uh, maybe accept too much of what Jesus has given to us for granted. Uh, maybe we take times in our spiritual devotion to him or just our, our daily uh, walk in which we maybe become sluggish or we fall asleep. We get used to hearing about the forgiveness of Jesus or the things that he has done, and maybe it doesn't seem as important to us. But contrast that in our own walk with the disciples today of how they're, they're seeking him out. They want to be with Jesus, and they want to be doing this ministry. This is how our faith should really always be, that it should be something that is new and fresh for us every day. It is something that we build upon. It is something that we get stronger with. But don't let faith or the scriptures become something that's stagnant. Uh, part of that is just constantly being in them, of being able to use them, of being able to make sure, again, that we are not falling asleep spiritually. So here, Jesus responds to his disciples when they find him, uh, let's go somewhere else. Let's go to the nearby villages and preach there. This is why I have come. And I also really appreciate this example that Christ gives to us of being able to stay active, of being able to share our faith in different areas. Not just saying, well, I'm going to stay with my church friends today. We're going to talk about God. It is great for us to have that fellowship as brothers and sisters in Christ. However, it is also very important for us to be able to continue to go out and share this good news with different people, of almost seeking them out, being able to go to these uh, nearby villages or towns or different arenas that we have in life and share this good news of the gospel that we have received. And so Jesus goes out traveling through Galilee, uh, traveling through these other villages. He does come back later on. He just doesn't leave the people there. Uh, I think he comes back at least on two other occasions that I can think of to be able to preach the word to these same people that he follows up with them. But again, uh, going out and sharing this news over and over again with as many people as we can discover. All right, the last section, beginning at verse 40, a man with leprosy. A man with leprosy came and uh, begged him on his knees, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cured. Jesus sent him, on, uh, sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Uh, a lot, again, packed into this small section. Uh, this man with leprosy comes to Jesus. He begs him on his knees. And I love the verbiage that he used. Uh, he says, uh, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He doesn't say, uh, Jesus, if you can heal me, please do this. Or Jesus, I, I trust in you. You know, will this happen? You know, according to your will. He simply looks at Jesus. If you are willing, you can make me clean. He says, you can do it, Jesus. I, I know you can. There's no doubt in this man's mind. Uh, he has maybe seen Jesus from afar. He has at least heard about him. And so he goes straight to the source he speaks with Jesus and he just says, if, if you are willing, Jesus, I know you can do this. Make it happen. Is that how we 
interact with the Lord in our prayers. Uh, we should be bold, God tells us, to be able to come to him. And so do just that. Go to the Lord with that same prayer. God, if you are willing, I know you can do this, then do it. Doesn't matter what your prayer is. Doesn't matter how far-fetched it seems. Uh, we prayed a prayer today at our staff that is probably a pretty bold prayer uh, for a couple friends of mine. And uh, it's, a, it's a tough situation that they're going through, to put it very lightly, uh, but I know that our Lord can offer them truly a miracle in their lives. And uh, Lord, again, we ask you uh, to be able to do these things, be able to show us even today who you are. Uh, allow us to have that strength and that faith to be able to come to you and not think, well, I'm just going to throw this one up there as this, you know, Hail Mary pass to the Lord, hoping that maybe he might answer, maybe it will come true, but go to him knowing that he can do these things. This is what the leper does today. And Jesus' response is so telling. It says that Jesus has compassion on this individual. So much compassion that he reaches out and he wants to be able to physically touch him. Uh, Jesus could have just said, go, uh, your sin is forgiven, you are now clean, wash and follow the laws of Moses and you'll be, you'll be good to go. But instead, Jesus makes this physical contact. We see these same words when Jesus looks upon the crowds and it says that he has compassion on them, for they are like sheep without a shepherd. Uh, Jesus is the same for us today. He looks at us and he has compassion for us. I mean, this is directly uh, the moves that he makes to go to his crucifixion on our behalf, that he physically wants to do something for us. It isn't just words, it isn't just lip service, but Jesus wants to take his hand and be able to do anything he can, uh, even touching that dirt of that leprosy, and the same for us, touching that dirt of our sin. Think about that compassion that Jesus has on us. And when we know that and know that that is his response to this leper in our uh, text for today, we know that that is his exact same response that he has for us, uh, people who suffer maybe not from leprosy, but from the disease of sin today. And so do not be afraid to be able to go to the Lord. It's interesting what Jesus tells him, right? What is this warning? It actually says in Mark that he gives him this strong warning. He says, see that you do not tell anyone. Don't tell anyone about this. Again, why does he tell us? He had, before, uh, in the beginning of our chapter for today, he shuts these demons up because he doesn't want them to be able to say anything. Now he's telling this individual who he has just healed that he doesn't want him saying anything. Uh, well, maybe there's a couple different reasons. Same thing. Maybe Jesus doesn't want to be known just as a miracle worker. Uh, he wants to be known uh, for his teachings as well. He wants people to receive the word of the Lord, not just see it manifested through him, but to be able to actually teach them and strengthen their faith. Another reason uh, is maybe he doesn't want the Pharisees uh, already gaining numbers and strength to be able to take him down for his time has not yet come. I mean, he has just started this healing and teaching ministry. He wants to be able to strengthen this and build this up till it comes to the perfect time of fruition that he dies on the cross for all people. And so maybe he is halting this timeline slightly to be able to make sure he has this ample period of being able to uh, preach exactly why he has come and what he has come to be able to do. 
but even though he offers this stern or strong warning to this man, it seems like this individual cannot contain himself. And I don't know, we could go a lot of different ways on this. Does he commit a sin being able to not follow the words of the Lord? I guess so. Uh, on the other hand, too, he's so excited. He wants to tell everybody what Jesus has done for him. And so there's got to be some celebration in that for the Lord, too, that he cannot even be contained. Uh, he's just a horrible secret keeper, if we can put it that way. But there is a, a consequence that comes about this. But at the same time, it seems like this is part of God's plan and he uses this as well. It says instead he goes out and he, he talks freely. He spreads the news about what happens. And as a result, Jesus can no longer enter a town openly. So there is a consequence to this. Jesus can't go into these different cities uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, he may be getting mobbed by people who just want to be healed. Uh, they just want this miracle worker to come out. Do your trick, Jesus. Yeah, I don't want to hear any teaching. I just want to be healed. Uh, do we act like that sometimes? Jesus, uh, I'm dealing with this today. Can you fix this? This is what I need from you. I need you to take care of the problem that I'm facing. Forgetting the other times when things are going fine for us about the teachings that he has given to us or that uh, he is there for us in those moments to be able to speak with us. But uh, maybe it's also uh, the Pharisees are coming after him. He probably can't go into town because they're hearing about this individual that has this new teaching. It's the same guy who is speaking as one who had authority, not like the Pharisees, not like the scribes. They're already beginning to lose some of their prestige and some of their power. Maybe they're frustrated with him, and so they don't want him to enter into the city. There's a danger that's there. But even in this uh, predicament that has happened, God still uses Christ exactly uh, according to his plan, uh, whether he would be in the city or out of the city. And I love these words. This is my favorite description from Mark, um, potentially in the whole book that we look at together, uh, but especially in our reading for today, for sure. It says, as a, as a result, Jesus could no longer enter town openly, but he stayed outside in lonely places. Uh, isn't that where we need Jesus to be able to meet us at? Uh, not in uh, the times of our life where we are surrounded by loved ones and everything is going great. Don't we need to meet him on the outside in lonely places? And that's where Jesus hangs out, uh, being able to wait for us. Because we know that uh, he is always there, that our, our Savior is the one uh, who loves us more than anything on this earth and whom we are called to love more than anything uh, in this universe. Uh, but that's the place where he stays, on the outside and the lonely places. But it says, yet the people still came to him from everywhere. Because people are yearning to be able to be healed. They're yearning to be able to have this peace of Jesus in their life. And so today, uh, whatever lonely place or outside arena you find yourself in, know that that's exactly where Jesus is at. Sometimes it takes uh, something painful in our life to be able to pull us back to the Lord. If our entire existence here on this earth was filled with wealth and perfection, uh, I think there are many opportunities when we would turn our heads from God. Everything would be okay. 
we can take care of ourselves. We don't really need you. Uh, but throughout scripture, you know, when the Israelites are stuck in slavery, um, when King David himself commits sins that he just can't get himself out of, uh, when Adam and Eve are in the garden and they recognize that they have committed sins and that they are uh, naked, where do they all end up going? Well, they, they all end up meeting with God. They all end up coming back to him and asking for forgiveness and in receiving his healing. Because remember, that's what we heard in our text for today in these three different little sections. We hear the story of Jesus who heals many. Jesus is going out there and he's going to do these things. And in response to that, we have the opportunity to wait upon him, to be able to, to serve. We see Jesus going out and praying, that he's praying to God on our behalf, that he really is taking that time not only to set this example, but to lift us up and to be able to know that he is going to the cross for our sin. And finally, we see Jesus do these other acts of healing in which he stays on the outside in these lonely places, just waiting for people to come and to be able to meet with him. The story that we have for today in the book of Mark, I think, is one that all of us can identify with. And it should really bring us comfort and it should bring us joy, knowing that at once, when we go to be able to meet with Jesus, he is there waiting for us. So take some time today and be able to do just that. If you are not uh, in devotion uh, in the morning right away, uh, try to mix that up and uh, maybe do just a, a quick moment of prayer when you wake up, a quick time of devotion. Set your day straight. Uh, we may just be in February here, but maybe it's a New Year's resolution that you can start up just a little bit later, uh, trying something different this year. Uh, but with that, let's uh, conclude our study time for today. Uh, thanks for being able to join me. Make sure you send Pastor Mark or myself uh, any questions you may have for this week uh, or for the reading uh, leading up. We'll look at chapter two next week and we'll jump right into it. Uh, with that, uh, let me say a prayer for us today and we will close. Please join me. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity uh, you give to us uh, to be able to just constantly uh, meet with you and to receive your healing. Uh, Lord, no matter who we are, no matter how we're feeling, no matter what we're facing today, uh, we know that uh, you are always here for us in the celebration and also in those times of lament. And so, Lord, uh, please just continue to be that God to be able to strengthen us as uh, a people, to be able to be your representatives here on this earth so that people from all different uh, areas of life, uh, through us, Lord, because of your spirit using us as those tools, will be able to hear of this great gospel that you have provided through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, with that, we will catch you next week.